Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 94th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. You're welcome here anytime. You mind if I come back every week? Uh, every week in perpetuity. I don't know what that means. Well, it means... You're, yeah, you better watch out. Okay. <laughs> That's what that means. <laughs> um, what have you been up to? Oh, just still working from home, actually. It's, really? Uh, yeah. I kind of gathered that since I would see uh, that you were, like, on Xbox, at, like, at only non-working times of the day. Yeah, so. it definitely yeah, lunch break. affords me the opportunity to, uh, for a, li- a little bit of time for play throughout the day sometimes, so... Um, it's it's definitely uh, an inconvenience at times, but it's it's also very nice knowing I don't have to uh, get up and drive across town every day and all that stuff. But it uh, comes with its challenges as well. You've been playing any uh, NBA 2K recently? A little bit, a little oh, bit, yeah. yeah. Successful or not so much? Um, generally, uh, sometimes I'm <laughs> successful. Not yesterday. Not yesterday. Uh, Kyle was in the Western Conference Finals. I think we talked about the fact that you were in the Western Conference Finals like three months ago when it first happened. (laughs) Probably. Against our friend Parker and... Didn't go so well for me. Now, you were undefeated. Correct me if I'm wrong. You were undefeated against player-controlled teams during the regular season. I think you might be right, yeah. Beat me twice. Beat Parker twice. I did very well in the the regular season, but I didn't put much effort into my my playoff game planning. And uh, he he really... uh, Parker really... uh, He's a great coach. He really knew how to beat me. Would you say that you... You rested on your laurels, and you thought you could just coast into the finals. Um, a little bit. Mm. Well, I don't know. I knew Parker would be tough. Okay, but I I didn't put in the effort that I needed to. So and it, it came back and and got me. Well, I'll be completely honest. I was kind of scared to play in the finals since you beat me twice in the regular season. I thought you I might beat be Parker a little twice bit happy. in the in the regular season. So I thought you might be a little relieved at the uh, result. But if he's improved enough to beat you. He, he now I've become scared again. He's improved <laughs> tremendously. Jeez, I don't know what to do. Shout out um, to 2K. Yeah. I am not practiced up on 2K because I've been, uh, it's that time of year where I decided to see if my PlayStation 3 would explode or play a video game. So I popped in NCAA <laughs> Football 14, which I think people think it's like made of gold because if i wanted to sell it i think i could get like 150 dollars for it probably good um but it's worth more than that to me it's precious uh because i can it's precious metal yeah <laughs> you knew that was coming didn't you <laughs> i um, thought it in my head yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i'm not quite to that that time of year yet i normally get my my incredible urge to play college football on my xbox 360 around late july or august that's when i really start getting the bug um, but if there I'm, were if there were other sports going on, I think I could have lasted a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but I couldn't do it. I understand. So, There's something satisfying about seeing Mizzou win like numerous national championships, even in a fict- fictitious game. Yeah. Uh, so far, one for one national champions. Uh, That's great. 2013. Um, James Franklin, Heisman finalist, lost out to Johnny Manziel mm. for that award. Uh, played the entire season on Heisman difficulty went completely undefeated however there's a big caveat there um i was playing florida the game started cheating so i cheated right back um 
by cheating, I mean the game intercepted every single one of my passes. I couldn't do anything. They are like cornerback you, man. I got really frustrated and decided that I would just switch the player control over to Florida, uh, force them to take safeties to get me back into the game. I lowered the I lowered the uh, difficulty all the way down to the lowest setting, scored on every play. I still had to go into overtime, but <laughs> uh, knocked off Florida, remained undefeated. I promise you, Kyle, I put it back to Heisman difficulty, played the rest of the season undefeated, played Texas A&M at the end of the season um, like Missouri did in real life. However, then the very next week played Texas A&M in a rematch in the SEC championship. And how did those go for you? Domination. Wow. On Heisman difficulty. Uh, basically, I just ran the ball. Henry Josie. Yeah, I don't know how James Franklin ended up being a Heisman candidate because I threw the ball like 10 times a game with him, but I did run a lot with him, so I guess it balanced out a little bit. I can't even remember who we played in the national championship. I think it was it was somebody kind of strange. It was Georgia Tech. Wow, that triple option. Yeah. Oh, man. And we shut it down. Oh, good. I mean, That's great. Yeah. Got to have that speed on the outside. Yep. So now next season, we got Maddie Mock at the helm. Oh, we got man. DGB in there. Henry Josie stayed for his senior year. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, it's totally. looking good. Uh, landed the number one recruit in, in the number one quarterback recruit in the country. Um, Drew Lock. I'm probably gonna just change his name to Drew Lock <laughs> in the game. I think you're only one year off. Yeah. So. Cool. That's great news. Yeah. It's been really fun. However, uh, PlayStation Three. It's the oldest PlayStation 3 model. It overheats, I guess. I don't know. The sounds game like freezes. A, sounds like a jet engine taking off. Yes, it definitely does. And uh, every once in a while, it just locks up. I'm so used to it by now, I don't even think about it. I just, okay, we'll see if it comes back. Set the controller down. Sometimes it comes right back. Sometimes there's a disk read error and starting over. Boot it back up. It's the price you pay. Yep. I'll probably never stop doing it. Um... This is not a sports video game podcast. This is the Missouri Sports Podcast. And we've got a lot of news to talk about. Real sports. Yes, real life sports, not digital, virtual. The really important stuff. Yeah, much more important than video game sports. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to talk a lot about basketball recruiting because it's that time of year. There's not a whole lot else going on. Uh, We do have some football news um, from Coach Drinkwitz, but... Uh, mostly we're going to be talking about basketball recruiting uh let's see here we'll start it off with some news uh coach drinkwitz was in an interview um with some media members Uh, he talked about a few things um one thing that i noted here was that he talked about the quarterback battle being i can't remember exactly what he said but you know the most interesting aspect of the team right now and he said that uh, Connor Bazelak is, quote, full speed. However, he's not, uh, Coach Drinkwitz is not allowed to watch him play or practice or what, exercise right now um, <laughs> due to restrictions, which is really bizarre to me. Like, I wonder if Connor Bazelak has access to any of the team facilities because voluntary workouts are allowed. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he does. So I'm just imagining a situation where, like, Connor Bazelak's on the field just like throwing the ball around with people 
and Coach Drinkwitz is like walking by, and then somebody has to be like, "Oh, don't look out there!" He's like, "My eyes!" You can't, you can't see what he's doing out there. Yeah, uh, it's bizarre, and this is not COVID related, is it? Is this just the normal status quo of summer workouts? I don't know. It seems or, awful weird that that would be a thing. I don't, I, I don't fully understand, but I am excited that uh, look, sounds like his recovery is going well. And I think we're going to have a legitimate quarterback quarterback battle on our hands and, uh, for fall camp. It's going to be wild. In a time, you would rather not have a quarterback battle, in my opinion. I mean, all things equal with – I mean, give – I'm sure the coaching staff would love to have a guy that they just absolutely know is going to be the starter uh, as far as, like, the plan A starter for the full season more than now more than any time in their coaching career probably yeah um i'd like to think you know obviously we shared our our thoughts on on the quarterbacks a few weeks ago when we talked about the uh the spring game that never was but i feel like the general consensus is that baselack is hopefully the starter and i think that the staff would agree with that as well just because he has the most eligibility left and he's really been promising in his playing time so far I, I i think best case scenario is he's healthy and ready to go if he's not the starter he's you're going to be looking at the most serious case of backup quarterback itis imaginable right and you know we've we've gone through a lot of a lot of struggles with mizzou football in the last few years but it seems like we always have pretty good quarterback play and that's been that way for like decades it's just been really stable as far as knowing who's going to be the starter ahead of time yeah and so uh we'd like to keep that tradition going of having good quarterback play <laughs> um so uh, hopefully if uh if Bazelak is not the starter on on day one on september 5th it's because he's not quite ready to go uh health wise but um i don't know that seems like a weird thing to say actually but i think you probably know what i meant but yeah you'd rather him be held out for you know injury Just precautions, precautions then because he didn't play well enough in camp to earn the starting job yeah there you go that was a wonderful definition of what i was trying to say i was on the same page with you all along as always uh he also he being coach drinkwitz also commented on the trend of recruiting and signing not signing yet but getting commitments from tall defensive backs and he acknowledged that obviously speed is still important for that position but uh he said taller guys have, have have good length and uh can you know break up passes uh disrupt passing windows and things like that which yeah i think that makes sense that all adds up to me um you just got to hope that you're not sacrificing too much speed in the pursuit of length mm-hmm. um did you have anything else about any uh stuff that coach drinkwitz has been talking about recently um, he wore a nice uh, Hawaiian shirt, he said, as an ode to Andy Reid, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. He's going real safe on the shirt game. Yeah. Real safe on the shirt game. <laughs> uh, I think he mentioned something about uh, Wildcat, having, a few, right, having right, right. a few Wildcat sets. That would be interesting. That would be something different. Yeah, he specifically mentioned uh, Jalen Knox and Micah Wilson. Yeah, that would be cool to see Micah Wilson get involved in the offense. I mean, you can kind of just have to have respect for Michael Wilson as a guy who's been at Mizzou for a long time, hasn't really played, obviously, but he's just kind of seems to be dedicated to the program, and um, you got to respect that, I guess. So it would be cool to see him get some playing time in some way. Uh, obviously, an athletic guy started off as a, uh, a quarterback and then switched to wide receiver, so it would be cool to see him get some playing time in some way. 
former uh, Mike Wilson, of course, former leader of the Cameron Albert seven on seven team uh, from two years ago. True. So he did get to be a part of that team. That's pretty special. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you'd like to be able to utilize his athleticism somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just doesn't seem like he's going to be a contributor at wide receiver. Uh, let's see here. If you have anything else, jump in here. But I did want to mention uh, former head coach Gary Pinkle is up. He is eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame. I don't know how many College Football Hall of Fames exist. This one is the National Football Foundation College Football Hall of Fame. I don't know if that's the main one. I don't know if that's a secondary one. But he is uh, up for nomination, potentially could be enshrined in that specific Hall of Fame. Very cool. Um, Not very many coaches can say that they're the winningest coach at two separate FBS programs. That's pretty Mm -hmm. impressive. But we all know about Gary Pinkle and how great of a coach he was. Let's see here. I enjoyed watching Gary Pinkle try to figure out how to use Twitter. You remember back maybe in... I can't remember if he was still the coach or not when when it was happening, but I think he would like... I think he was sending a text or something and like somebody's got to yeah, get Gary Pinkle a uh, like a social media manager or something yeah, or just <laughs> like a a grandchild or anybody yeah. that's like you know under the age of 50 yeah but to help him out a little bit not to take away from his like, his achievements not to take away from any of you 50 year olds that are active on Twitter either <laughs> um I always think it's funny that LaDamian Washington always interacts with him on Twitter and it's like very one-sided like well, Damian Washington is always quote tweeting stuff and just acting like they're best friends. He always talks about like borrowing the boat, uh, alluding to Gary Pinkle having a boat that he would let Damian Washington borrow. And it's always just, I see it as a joke because it's never acknowledged by Gary Pinkle, although they've worked together for some uh, foundation stuff before. But I don't know, that always cracks me up. Uh, let's see here. Before we get into recruiting and scholarships and all of that, Marcus Denman and Jakeenan Gant, I saw on Twitter, they're both going to be participating in the basketball tournament, which is uh, something they've been doing for a few years now. It's a five-on-five basketball tournament, believe it or not, and uh, single elimination, I believe, and the winner gets a million dollars, two million dollars, the winning team. No biggie. Yeah. So is that televised? Yes, I believe ESPN has the rights to it. So they're moving, cool. they're moving forward with that tournament. I don't have dates on it. but uh, And they're not on the same team. So Marcus Denman on one team, Jakeenan Gant on a separate team. Kyle, is that all the news? Did you have any other football-related news? I jumped right into basketball. But. I, think that's, I think that's it. Okay. Um... How do you want to tackle this? Obviously, it's newsworthy that Axel Okongo is transferring away from Missouri. Do you want to just jump in right there? Yeah, it's um, there's a lot to talk about with this. And, and this will be a natural transition into kind of our scholarship conversation and recruiting conversation. Yeah, it, Axel is going to be transferring, and um, pretty much all of the news surrounding this has everything to do with, except for him specifically, <laughs> Um this was just a weird situation, and from from the very get-go, from the day that he committed to Missouri, we had never heard of him. 
uh he never played really we we watched him in a practice uh before the season started last year and it was very clear that he probably wasn't ready to contribute um in multiple ways um and you know this this kind of just was one of those situations where I like to normally give the coaching staff the benefit of the doubt because I know they kind of get destroyed on the internet sometimes and maybe understandably so uh, but this was definitely one of those situations where it's like okay I'm just going to trust the coaching staff that this is going to work out and this guy will make a, a contribution in some way and we'll just be like oh, okay that makes sense uh, that clearly never happened it was one of those situations where everybody on the internet the mob on the internet was probably right this never made sense and this was probably not necessary at any point to add Axel Congo. And it was kind of one of those late, late cycle additions where we had a, we had a scholarship open. And, you know, I think a lot of people would have liked to see that kind of be banked for the next class. Um, but they decided to try and get some depth. And, it and just basically, didn't work out. I mean, I can't fault the coaching staff too much because they're basically now at this point, they're where they were able to have their cake and eat it too. Um, you know, they used scholarship on him for a year and they could have banked it and had it available for this off season, but now it is available for this off season again. So now here I am giving the coaching staff the benefit of the doubt, but let's just go with me here for a second. They use the scholarship on him knowing if this doesn't work out, you know, this could have been explicitly explained to Axel Congo. If this doesn't work out, we will work with you to find a new spot next off season. And now we've come to that point. That's probably me looking through gold, rose gold colored glasses like that. And, you know, trying to find the best that paint the coaching staff in the best light possible instead of just thinking like, I don't know, they just saw a tall guy and said, here's a scholarship. We don't have anything else to do with it and this didn't work out we need you to move along you know so you you think that they probably just said it's time for you to move on and that was made clear up front potentially yeah potentially i don't know i try to think of this as like a human interaction and it would be a lot less awkward if there was you know some sort of conversation up front like hey here's the deal we want to give you a shot, see what, see what we can do here. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work out, we'll be upfront with you about it and we'll help you find another landing spot. I'm just thinking of it sort of like a boss employee relationship and how it's so much easier just to be transparent up front and, you know, have sort of a plan and process mm-hmm. ahead of time. But for the I just think that would you out the door. Yeah. I mean, it would be a lot less awkward. I feel like if you come to that point, and you're like, okay, this is the time that we talked about where yeah. we're going to do this. Yeah, but I, I could mean, be completely wrong. You might be, and I might be. But um, it, I do have to say the timing seems a little bit strange with, uh, you know, it's it's a little bit late in the cycle. It's it's not too late necessarily to add somebody else. So I think there's still some, some quality options out there, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, it seems a little bit late in the process to say, hey, things didn't work out. Um, it's time to move on unless there's really just something right now that has, has changed. Um, because it did seem like you know he was he was kind of working out with the team, and we saw several videos of him actively working out with players on the team. Yeah. So you know, it's speculation, but it seems like he wouldn't make the decision like, okay, I'm tired of this, I'm right. I'm gonna leave now. 
Um, so it, it definitely seems it's like really it's, hard to it, gauge all that from such an outsider perspective. Right. But it's it's purely can, speculation. We but can only do you know we're we're working off of uh, Instagram videos and sure. stuff. Sure, it, it certainly seemed though that it's very possible he was kind of told, okay, it's time to move on and find some find uh, another opportunity, and hopefully he does because it. It seems like he's a great, great guy. Um, I hope the best for Axel and that he finds a, a spot that he's able to contribute somewhere. Um, do you want to talk about uh, the options that might be available to uh, Missouri? Sure. So, um, so with the departure of Axel Congo, that opens up one scholarship for the 2020-2021 season. Um, right now that freshman class is only made up of Jordan Wilmore. So seems weird that we could still be talking about that same class. Yeah. It's so late in the process. Right. Um, now the will be sophomore class only includes now Parker Brown and Kobe Brown. So there's spots in both of those classes that you could potentially take on a player and not be completely out of balance mm-hmm. because there's five will be seniors and four juniors. Right. It's very it upperclassman heavy. Yeah. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me anyway, to add a player in either one of those classes, unless you're taking a player that's sitting out. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I, there's, there's so <clears throat> many, I mean, you, there's a lot of moving parts and there's so many options really. Yeah. I mean, you could take a freshman, you could take a Juco transfer. You could take a sit one play two, or you could take a grad transfer. Right. I think um, there's a lot of things to consider, but honestly, I think one of the worst things they could do right now is try and take a freshman for this class, because that's truly when you talk about the options are have run out, that's probably the smallest market of, of availability right there is true freshmen that are still f- looking for a college. I mean, that's exactly Christian guess and right. that we know how that worked out or didn't work out right. so i'm thinking if you want to add to this class the your only option is some kind of you know transfer that has to sit out a year and then he ends up going with the parker brown and uh kobe, kobe, brown. Br- kobe brown class yeah. yep that's probably best case scenario and there i mean there still are some guys out there um so obviously i would take sit out a year and then be a sophomore with jordan wilmore as well yeah if they had the three years of eligibility somehow yeah. or whatever yeah. yeah um and so, I mean, I me- my immediate thought was who on earth would still be looking to transfer right now? But, uh, there, I mean, there obviously still are some options. Um, Oklahoma State had a pretty interesting scenario happen where they got hit with a postseason ban randomly. Um, and so they have a big guy that's transferring. Uh, his name is Yor Ane, and he's a center. And both of his first two years in college, he averaged about eight points a game, um, somewhere in the neighborhood of two blocks a game, which is a lot. Um Good rebound, good rebounder as well. Um, I have no idea if he, if there's any ties between him and, and Missouri, but that's an example of a guy who's on the market now. Uh, and then Blake Henson's another guy that just announced he is transferring just a couple days ago. Um, you guys, if you're familiar with Missouri basketball recruiting, you probably know that name. He was heavily involved with Missouri two years ago and then ended up going to Ole Miss. Basically and came down to Mizzou and Ole Miss. And from what I've heard and what I remember from the time, uh, he thought that he had more immediate playing time available to him at Ole Miss, which potentially was the case at the time. But mm-hmm. uh, thinking was, about having a four, yeah. And it, it was my 
personal theory that again was pure speculation that I think Missouri really wanted him, but Jonte ended up coming back for his sophomore year, and I don't know if that had any relation, but obviously both those guys playing the same position, Jonte announces he's coming back, and then Blake Henson almost immediately goes to Ole Miss, which at the time we really felt like Henson was going to Mizzou. Yeah, and so, uh, you still have Kevin Perrier on the roster. And that. So Blake Henson goes to Ole Miss, ends up being a probably better player than anybody even thought. You know, he Especially as a freshman. As a freshman, he averaged over eight points a game, and then his sophomore season he averaged over ten points a game. So and he he was truly uh, an impactful player for them and I think started both of those seasons. So and I don't know if there'd be any interest there um, mutually between Missouri and Blake Henson still, but I I, I got to think that Missouri at least reach out and see if there is any interest. Out, yeah. yeah. So uh, you might be you might want to know this, Kyle. He is six foot seven. Oh no. No, that's good. Missouri likes six foot seven. I know. Oh. I don't know why I said oh no. <laughs> Because now it's re- now it's real. Oh, that just hit me hard. Like, <laughs> oh my God, this is gonna happen. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to watch uh, what happens there. But it, it is interesting though that a Congo just immediately he's gone, and there's some pretty nice pretty nice targets out there all of a sudden on the transfer market. Something to watch. Um, and the other option is banking that scholarship for next season, which Conzo seems like he never wants to do true and the problem is we already have six open scholarships uh and obviously anton brookshire i guess is one of those so five five assuming he signs yeah so the point is the class is going to be very large already as it is and do you want to add another number to that massive class you kind of create some problems for yourself down the road by doing that with roster imbalance and trying to figure out the role that everybody's going to play when they first get there. And I just think that having seven new players is just too many at the same time. Yeah. And if you are looking at the Conzo Martin era as being, you know, eternal, (laughs) I mean, in the, in the grand scheme of college basketball, if we're talking about a head coach being in Columbia for 15 total seasons, that that's an eternity for Mizzou basketball. (laughs) I mean, when you're talking about three seasons apiece, um, for the more recent coaches. So if you're looking at, you know, a long-term situation with this coaching staff, you have to eventually find some balance and quit this cycle of roster turnover every year that makes you end up with four or five or six scholarships available, you know, every other year. Mm-hmm. And if Conzo is potentially coaching for his job this uh this upcoming season he may want to just add any talent he can right now if there's talent available yeah so i mean yeah you're looking at five more scholarships available if you're counting anton brookshire i feel like you don't and we're talking about now 2021 22 mm-hmm. um you just don't want to have more than you don't want all five of those scholarships being freshmen I mean, you need to somehow balance it out and you don't want to add any more um, seniors to that season. So I have to, I feel like you have to balance it out somewhere. You got to have some transfers that are sitting or, you know, immediately eligible with a waiver or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's best case scenario It's try and find some kind of contribution out there. And obviously best case scenario, I think that's probably Blake Henson. If there's still some interest there, that would be that'd be fantastic. Yeah, that's pretty wish. That's wishful thinking, though. And I would take 
I would take a shot at another guy. I mean, like, uh, for example, we have Ed Chang, who's now a member of the uh, Pickett, Pinson, Watson class. Even something like that, where you're just kind of taking a flyer on a guy that has, that's not a freshman, has some college experience, but has eligibility left. I mean, if he's going to be a depth player or just a role player, worst case scenario, and maybe he has some upside that you could tap into um, as a upperclassman. I don't know. I feel like you got to take some chances, but you got to get more stability than we've seen so far in three seasons under Conzo. And part of that is injuries, obviously, but I don't know ever since. And then there's things outside of his control completely like, um, situation with Terrence Phillips, you know, you don't see that coming and all of that adds to this kind of thought process or, you know, just off the top of your head. If you're thinking about the Conzo Martin era, you're not thinking about a super stable program with, a lot of guys stay in multiple seasons. Now, we'll get to that point eventually when that Pickett, Pinson, Watson class does, uh, you know, go through their senior season, and we remember all four years of them. But I don't know. We just need some. We need some of that every single year. Mm-hmm. Are you going to make a bet on how? Uh, I make a prediction on how this last scholarship is used for yeah, next season. I, I think they'll fill it with a uh, a transfer that sits one year, and in place two. Don't know who, but there's still guys out there. I think that's how, I think that's what they'll do. Yeah, I think that's probably the most likely situation, or I think that's the situation that makes the most sense. So then that makes me think that it's not as likely. <laughs> Uh, just based on what we've seen in the past. Whatever happens, I'm sure will be criticized. <laughs> yeah, it'll be criticized, and uh, likely there will be no way to know if it was a good decision until like two years from now. <laughs> it's usually how that works, and then everybody forgets about it by then. Uh, if I'm going to make a prediction, I'm going to say that Conzo uh, Martin keeps with tradition and adds a last-minute freshman. Some guy you never heard of. <laughs> that we never heard of, that... Uh, you know, for whatever reason, maybe decommitted from somewhere else or or something like that. So that's going to be my prediction. As much as I'd like to see Blake Henson. Uh, are we ready to talk about the class of 2022? So um, players that will be juniors in high school for this upcoming eventual uh, winter basketball season. Yeah, we're uh, we're a ways off from these guys making their college decisions. Decisions, but um, I think this was like the first week that coaches could reach out to these guys or be in actual contact with some of them. And I think some of them somehow already had offers or something before this week. I, I'm not fully sure exactly how how it all worked, but we kind of got a whole group of names that uh, Missouri is going to be clearly targeting. Uh, in 2022 and a lot of them there, there's a lot of regional prospects there's a lot of guys in Missouri Illinois that that area so going to kind of throw out uh, a list of names to you guys just to kind of be uh, thinking about certain players that you're going to hear about a lot probably the next year or year and a half but uh, do you want me just to uh, start naming off uh, some some yeah, guys yeah. that Missouri's in contact with uh, yeah just start listing them off and I'll uh, jot down a few that I want to break out and talk about. I think one that 
will really be a guy that, that Missouri goes after maybe more than anybody else is Taurus Reed, and he is a 6'7 power forward from Chaminade. And, uh, you know, he, I, I watched a little bit of film on him, and he's clearly a, a talented big man. He's not super explosive, at least not yet. And obviously these guys are like 16 years old or something, so have an incredible amount of time to develop still. But, I mean, he just he looks like a – your typical uh, four guy for a college play, a college team. I mean, just very good at finishing around the bucket. Um, plays for a good team. So, Taurus Reed is a name you will be you'll be uh, hearing a lot, and he's already has an offer. I'm really hoping that other programs see him as undersized, or I hope they see him as undersized for the five and not athletic enough for the four. Mm-hmm. Because at first glance, I think you could make that assessment. Um, and obviously he has a lot of time to grow and improve as a player. Um, but I think that's where Missouri kind of needs to slide in on some of these guys that are going to be undervalued uh, by other programs because of their uh, size or lack of athleticism or something, but uh, could contribute in other ways. Yeah, I don't think this is a guy that's going to blow up like like a Caleb Love or something like that or, or a Cameron Fletcher or anything like that. But, um, you know, he's ranked number 79 right now, and there's a ton of time to go, but... That's that's a pretty good. That's a definitely a ranking that uh, Missouri needs to make their money on. It's kind of a an in-state guy that's in the top 100 for sure. If he stays around that ranking, though, he'll have plenty of interest from. Yeah, I think he just got an offer from Creighton in the last 48 hours as well, too. So Missouri will have to fight off of uh, other programs that are of similar level to get him. Uh, another guy, another few guys I, I wrote down, uh, both six seven power forwards. Taj Manning from Grandview. Not related to Taj Butts, the Mizzou football commit. That's correct. And uh, not also also not related to the Taj Mahal. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> the other guy, is that's a 6'7 power forward, Jalen McDaniel, and he goes to Sunrise Christian. So we might get an opportunity to watch him play in the Tournament of Champions. Um, I don't believe either one of them are, are ranked in any kind of recruiting rankings at the moment. Uh, so some other names that I think that we will talk about a lot in the upcoming 12 months or so uh, is pretty much the entire CBC backcourt. <laughs> and uh, that is comprised of Larry Hughes Jr. He is ranked 139th. And Robert Martin, who is uh, a 5'10 point guard. He'll grow. He'll grow. And then uh, Larry Hughes Jr., I forgot to say, is a 6'4 shooting guard. The other 6'4 shooting guard... Mikhail Abdul Hamid, Hamid, and all three of those guys play for CBC. So it sounds like they're going to have some pretty spectacular guard play. All three class of 2022. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Uh, sorry to backtrack. Uh, Taj, not Butts. What school does he go to? Grandview. Got it. And then the last guy I wrote down uh, to keep an eye on for tw- 2022 is Aiden Shaw. He is a 6'7" small forward uh blue valley northwest oh, he, it's, it's 2020 we call him wings wing he's a, okay. he's a wing player he and he does have an offer and he's ranked 68th where's he from blue valley northwest where's that i have no idea <laughs> um i think that's kansas city area we're about to find out what about uh what did you have anything else to say about aiden shaw he's six seven. Oh yeah that's what i like to hear <laughs> uh, Overland Park, Kansas. So. Yeah. yeah. So um, 
kind of honestly similar um, as far as the, the wish list goes. Um, it looks like the 2021 and 2022, like the kind of player they're going after remains the same. Kind of those uh, small down low players that could also be a wing player maybe. So going after, going after a lot of wings. So I'm looking at a, a scholarship situation. Um, the When these players are going to be freshmen in college, here's the Mizzou basketball team as far as players that are currently committed or will be on the roster at that point. Parker Brown, Kobe Brown, Jordan Wilmore, and Tom Brookshire. It's a good little team right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a starting five, Kyle. It's uh, we're we're a little ways off for sure. Yeah, a lot of lot of uh, but when you see change will yeah, and obviously that uh, Anton Brookshire freshman class will get filled out. We hope at least by you know another, at least one more freshman in that class. There will be. But I don't know something about that. Just the anytime I look at this scholarship count, the five players now with Drew Bugs. Drew Bugs, Drew Smith, Mark Smith, Mitchell Smith, Jeremiah Tillman, that class, and then you follow it down to Jordan Wilmore, the lone freshman next season. That's just, I just can't get over how un, unsustainable that is mm-hmm. as a basketball program. Yeah, I mean, that's just what happens when you have a coaching change and you kind of, you have a lot of transfers, kind of just the purge of players from the old regime, and a lot of them were not very good. And, you know, you kind of have that year with, was it 2017, that you had a lot of guys leave. You know, that was the, what, the year with Cassius Robertson and, and Jordan Barnett and the it Porters. Doesn't help that, yeah, it doesn't help that you have MPJ that is one and done. Mm-hmm. And then uh, things would look a lot differently if Jonte had played two, played two seasons. But he's leaving early, we assume, regardless. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought that by 2020, things we would not be in out. these situations still. I was wrong. Uh, it's all gonna work out though, right, Cameron? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's not gonna be a problem at all. Uh, Kyle, I had an interesting thought. Uh, sorry, uh, do you have anything else that you want to mention about the class of twenty twenty two? I think that seems like they're it. really. There's not a whole lot to say at this point. We're just so far out, but definitely wanted to just kind of get introduced with some names. Yeah, it seems like they're going after a lot of wings. I mean, we joke about the six seven number just because coincidentally a lot of their like targets ninety percent of their six, targets, seven. yeah, uh, but. There's a lot of different types of players that are six seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, what's his name? Reed from Chaminade. Taurus Reed. Yeah, plays more like a big man. Mm-hmm. And then you have really, you know, guard type players that are also six seven that Missouri is looking at. So, um, you know, six six to six eight in college basketball can be a lot of different types of players. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's a good point. And it looks like. Missouri in 2022 at least initially is going to probably hit the state of Missouri a little bit harder than they did or are are hitting it for 2021 doesn't look like there's any um Jordan Nesbitt situations where there's like a highly ranked player that they're not in contact with it looks like everybody that's in Missouri that's that's a, a potential D1 recruit they're they're talking to at least initially early on in the process potentially less focus on the state of Michigan I sure hope so I mean, it's, it's that's never going to work. It's early. It's very early, but it seems that way. Was I was about to say some kind of like internet, like sarcastic comment, but I'll, I'll keep it to myself. 
I'm not even sure what that means. I was, uh, I'll, I want to say it. I'm not. I'm not going to say it. All right, positive vibes only. Positive vibes only. I will not. I will not submit to mob mentality. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So, if you have anything else about 2022, feel free to bring it up. But in the meantime, I wanted to pose this question to you. If you could have any former Mizzou player, now, I'm not talking about, you're just going to have to play this game with me a little bit. Um, A player that stayed all four years, um, that was never the MVP of their team at Mizzou. If you could have any player that's just like the senior version of that player forever, that's just always on the Missouri's roster as their senior year self. I think a couple good candidates I'll just throw out there to get the ball rolling would be uh, Jordan Geist. You know, if you just always had Jordan Geist on the team. Do they have to play all four years? Because Geist probably wouldn't qualify for that. Well, they don't. Well, they, no, no, no. I'm just that type of player okay. that's not like, you know, it'd be easy to say, oh, yeah, I wish we had Michael Porter Jr. Right. every season on Mizzou. Yeah. Um, Another player I'll just throw out there is like Kevin Purrier. Yeah, that's someone Could I slide of. into that starting spot. Could be a six-man, whatever the team needed sort of thing. Yeah, I would definitely. I thought of Kevin Purrier. That's definitely someone that came to mind. Um, the 2012 team had like four different players that I could pick. So, I mean, they're all... Yeah. Obviously, I'm not picking like Marcus Denman for this exercise, right, right. but um, uh, the end of senior year, Ryan Rosberg is someone that I would probably want to throw out. Um, he was spectacular yeah. in SEC play, at least for some of the play. Um, I had another one on the tip of my tongue. Oh, I don't know if this will qualify either, but obviously Jordan Barnett is a guy that yeah. wasn't necessarily the MVP of that team, but was amazing. Incredibly valuable and efficient. Yeah. I mean, those are the kind of players that stick out to me are like flexible ones that you could maybe move around in the lineup a little bit um and just contribute and you just know that you just plug this guy in he's going to give you exa- you know you know exactly what you're going to get get from him I night in night out love for Javon Pickett to be that guy maybe that we answer three or four years down the road from now when we're thinking about we're thinking back to uh these times I think Javon Pickett is a guy that could play into that role as a guy that may not be the MVP but just always you know you always know what you're gonna get from him he's always gonna play hard he's gonna play good defense and try his best (laughs) yeah i think uh drew smith is that guy except probably falls too much into that mvp of the team uh, category to really be eligible for this little exercise that i just made up i don't know sometimes i just always think about man if if we just could have a jordan geist every season just plug him into the backcourt man if uh all those transfers that we had, like from the Kim Anderson era, if they all just would have waited like one more year <laughs> before they all like left the team and went and got really good somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's maybe a few of those guys that I'd be like, Oh yeah, I'd take that guy every year. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder, you know, in an alternate universe where like Missouri considers Conzo Martin instead of Frank Haith, like there was just a, there was twice actually before Conzo became the head coach at Mizzou, where the timing was just off, where it's very possible he could have ended up here earlier. Uh, he had already um, accepted. I'm going to get my times line, timelines messed up here. Um, he had already accept, accepted the job at Cal before he did that too fast and Missouri wouldn't have been able to get him here and settled for Kim Anderson. 
Um, I think there was a similar situation when he went to Tennessee from Missouri State, and then uh, Missouri ended up with Frank Haith. That wasn't looked at, you know, quite the same way as far as what could have been. But I wonder, that's an interesting what if, if the Conzo Martin era was, you know, six years earlier. Hmm. So if it keeps me up at night. <laughs> One of these days we can, we'll dive into my, uh, my big what if spreadsheet hmm. and uh, you can see how, you know, Jason Tatum led Missouri to their first ever Final Four. Spoiler happens maybe see if kyle can talk me out of it uh kyle i don't have much else to say for this uh this episode 94 uh i had a couple notes on the 2021 guys really quick uh i saw that missouri is supposed to having supposed to have a virtual meeting with a gentleman named shane dizoni and i'm probably butchering that he is a 6-4 small forward from huntington prep does that sound familiar yep Rob Fulford, remember yep. that? Remember that fella? Yep. Um, doesn't he's a four-star player? Doesn't have a huge uh, offer list at the moment, so might be a guy that Missouri makes a priority. Three inches too short, though. Probably. Uh, well, definitely. But I'm going to talk about another guy that is six-seven. That's what I like. To and hear. we have already talked about him a little bit. His name is Zach Hicks. Oh, of course. Um, he's a guy that uh, both of his parents individually tweeted about uh, kind of their experience with Condo and with uh, Missouri. So. Um, a guy that to definitely keep an eye on. I think he's mentioned that he wants to kind of try and see if they'll be able to have some kind of high school season or if he'll be able to showcase his talent, I guess, anytime this summer. I think he feels a little bit undervalued, as most recruits probably do. So he wants uh, the opportunity to uh, show off his skills and see if he can get a few more offers. Uh, so he has been a guy that said uh, he might wait a little bit to make a commitment. So. Those are a couple updates on those guys, but that's really all I had for 2021. I feel like the dominoes have to kind of start falling a little bit for that class in the next month or two. You know, I think we really will hopefully have a little bit better picture of some guys to really key in on. Um, like we've talked about multiple times, this this class is huge. Yeah, and I just wonder, I mean, with no, with not a lot of summer ball happening, I think in Texas and Oklahoma, there's uh, summer basketball happening right now. Um, however, I don't know, it just, it, it kind of takes me back to that, uh, our conversation about the NFL draft and how it's going to be hard for teams to get much Intel and, you know, the recruiting rankings like the mock drafts and whatnot are going to seem potentially fairly static compared to previous years. Mm. And teams might take the, that, or those rankings as gospel a little bit more than normal, maybe. Maybe, and maybe just um, if a player, you know, like, for example, if a top 100 player is interested in your program, but you've got a top 50 player, schools may be less likely to wait for the top 50 player and just go ahead and accept the commitment from the, you know, lesser ranked player, potentially. I think that's a pretty good explanation for why Anton Brookshire shot up in the rankings, too, after his commitment was because... There's just not a whole lot of movement going on, and we're not watching guys play, so the rankings are not being actively reflected by by current events. Mm-hmm. So anytime a player commits, they're probably getting some serious exposure. So that could be an explanation why Brookshire went from basically unranked to a four-star top 100 player after his commitment. 
Yeah, I'm still waiting on 24-7 Sports and Rivals to update their 20, class of 2021 uh, like ESPN did. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, I think, was the player I was thinking of that reclassified uh, to 2020. And he might actually go pro uh, overseas or the G League straight out of high school. So um, still waiting on those uh, recruiting websites to update their rankings for 2021. But I... I do expect uh, in the 24-7 sports composite, which is the one I usually look at because um, it's you know sort of an average of all the uh, main recruiting services, I fully expect Anton Brookshire to make a big jump mm-hmm. in that composite ranking. I agree. Have anything else for the folks? I don't guess so. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna try to go back-to-back national championships on uh, NCAA Football 14. Missouri Tigers. And good luck on your uh, finals performance against Parker on 2K. I got to practice a little bit for that. Hopefully you can do what I couldn't. I'm just a little one-dimensional, you know. My play is a little one-dimensional. He was able to key in on me, and he got the job done. And uh, Producer Cameron, you know just as well as us, there's not much worse in the world than Parker, our friend Parker, beating you at a competitive event. Yep. So I'm going to try to... I'm trying to win one and and he's already trying to like spin it to where he'd be doing everyone a favor by beating me in the finals hmm. and i think he's got it twisted some high drama yeah well, i don't know between you and him <laughs> if i had to pick one person that i had to lose to for the rest of my life i don't know if i could do it would you you'd <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense you if i had to pick i choose wouldn't. between the two of us is that what you're saying yeah like uh, who would be worse yeah hmm well, we'll need an update on that next week. Yep. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify. We're on YouTube, and we're on Twitter, and we're on Instagram. And you can find us on Twitter, specifically at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. Please leave us a review, leave us a like, leave us a comment. Uh, people have been commenting on our YouTube videos. I've been yes. in there, uh, you know, having some very short uh, comment conversations with a few people. So Yes, we very much appreciate your engagement. Yep. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We will see you next week. Uh-huh.